Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And I'm not really too sure how to take this last loss, given it has been our fourth in a row. Uh, admittedly, we've been quite competitive in all four of those games, but I would have liked to pinch one more over the last four weeks. And of course, Joe Danaher comes back to haunt us, kicks impeccably straight. And Laura, I remember while we were watching that game, I turned and said to you, I think Danaher might be the difference tonight, and I wasn't too far off. You weren't. He His goals were basically the difference. Mm. Um, it's not often he has his kicking boots on. Earlier this season, he was copping some heat through the media about his um, lack of accuracy or his inaccuracy, I should say. But, of course, against the Bombers, he finds his form, doesn't he? Mm. Mm. I mean, he's had a couple of really good weeks. And it was always going to be really tough with the amount of injuries that we've got at the moment and particularly to key areas and, and several injuries sort of at, at key defensive posts, it was always going to be really difficult against a Brisbane team that I don't think has had one injury over the last four years. And that mm. is something that we'll get to this a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but that is something that I think the Essendon Football Club really needs to have a look at because the difference between winning a premiership but going deep into finals and missing the finals uh, potentially is how healthy you can keep your list. And spoiler alert, we're still shit at it. Um, well, to be fair though, so so Joe Danaher did have a field day, but three of our outs, Laverty, Ridley and Kelly – our three main defenders in the back line, Mm. all three of those injuries actually have nothing to do with strength and conditioning. Two of them were concussions and one was a traumatic shoulder injury that Laverty got to his AC joint, which Mm. again has nothing to do with strength and conditioning. So from that regard, I don't think we can really comment. However, I guess losing Darcy Parrish to a calf injury at training and there was another one that happened at training this week, wasn't there? Oh, no, I was thinking Jake Kelly. Um, I no, guess that's... you're thinking Zach Reed, who we've been waiting for three years to get on the park consistently. Uh, oh, yes. Came back from his lower back injury. And the classic, the Essendon special, lower back into hamstring. So, yeah. And he, he was the obvious replacement to come in for, for Laverty or, uh, or Ridley. Added on top of that, uh, Nick Cox, similar injury, and Harrison Jones now with a similar back injury. Guelphy with a hamstring, but in particular Parrish at training. I the This injury curse, and I agree, there are a few that are impact injuries, but our injury list is very long. And a lot of those, I feel, are very avoidable. Well, when you're getting stress injuries to your back, um, that's definitely a load management issue. Yes, um, growing bones still, like not mature skeletal systems, but yeah, it's a load management issue for sure. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that you go back into hamstring for me is poor rehab. There's there's no question. People well, always talk yeah. about the back related hamstring injury, whatever that means. They're probably talking about referred sciatic pain uh, when they're talking about a back-related hamstring. That's not the case. If you haven't rehabbed the back properly, the problem just moves somewhere down the chain. Glute, hamstring, calf. Well, yeah, altered neural input, um, then disrupting how the the hamstring muscle activates and generates power, then leading to injury. Mm. So we're we're at a really interesting point now uh, in our season where if we were a bit lucky, we would have been five and four, but we're four and five, which probably given the run of games that we've had, uh, if you told us at the start of the season, you know, nine games in would be four and five, I'd probably take that. Uh, 
the draw gets a little bit, opens up a little bit, but of course, Richmond seemed to have hit form just before Dreamtime at the G. So a game that two weeks ago looked like a very clear win for us is now we probably go in not the favourites. I don't know that I would have called it a clear win. I always thought it would have been a tough game. Um, I did my tips today, actually, and I think I did tip Essendon. I think we might be a chance, you know. I think it'll be tough. Mm. But they, they seem to be just as decimated with injuries. Mm, mm. Well, well, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Let's jump into the Brisbane game. And look, it was a, I thought well done to the coaching panel early. This is something that I've really been pleased with this year is that the coaches know what they're doing and they're approaching each game individually. We're keeping the same system, but we're making changes to our setup, to our personnel to suit the opposition and to our game plan to suit the opposition, which is something we just haven't seen at Essendon really since, for me, James Heard, and before that, probably Sheedy, right? That Mm. we haven't seen a coaching group be willing to be a little bit creative. And and when I say that, what they did is they flooded the defence and then something that I didn't even consider, right, being a footy nerd that I am, I didn't even consider, hey, how about if we drop our Ruckman back to support the key defensive posts. So he goes into the middle uh, and supports in defence and then does the tap work sort of the centre line and into the defence and then the resting Ruckman in the forward line is the one that takes the Rucks forward of, of halfway. And you have to say in the first half, it worked really, really well. We we got into halftime with a 10-point lead, which, you know, we were quite we were just a little bit more efficient going in. But our defence was under siege and we were able to actually not concede quality shots. And apart from Danaher, really not concede anything. Um, and so I was really pleased, for one, with with the game plan early. How did you see it? Yeah, I think they they did. They looked really good early and there were a lot of positive signs going into halftime. I agree Danaher, you know, did a little bit, but for the most part, I feel like we probably dominated in that first half and did quite well. Um, our accuracy in front of goal was quite good. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't think that our that we were as good coming out of the clearances as we were the week before. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we dominated, but I think we withstood the pressure really well. I, mm. I think Brisbane were clearly on top and they were getting a heap of inside 50s, but we were able to just frustrate them out of scoring. Mm. Uh, and I thought that that worked really well. And then halftime, we we just looked to run out of gas a little bit, to be honest. And I actually, yeah, I felt that when they came out after halftime, I actually felt like they they hadn't had a break and that they mm. were just getting completely dominated after halftime. Like they just looked like their skills weren't up to scratch. They looked like nothing was going right. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, and, I think they did come out after halftime looking tired for sure. And, and the sustained pressure of Brisbane really... When when you're playing in, in a game where all you're doing is defending and just scrambling and scrambling and scrambling, you do. You run out of energy. And that's been, I think, our, our biggest issue over the last couple of weeks when we were on demand is our ball movement hasn't allowed us to give our the players behind the ball a breather. We've, it's either kept coming back in or we've gotten it halfway up the ground and then got a turnover and had to run back. So if I... If I look at this game as a whole, I think our system actually stood up really well, but we lacked the polish in transition and we lacked the polish going forward to put the scoreboard pressure on and also to give the players behind the ball a bit of a breather. But we just didn't retain possession well. I didn't manage the game well, but the the game plan itself I thought wasn't a bad one. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. But... I mean, it's always disappointing to lose by seven goals and particularly frustrating when you've had two road trips in a row and um, you've come from Anzac Day into a five-day break into a game in Adelaide into a six-day break into a game in Brisbane. Real, like, 
I'm not sure if there's been a tougher run over the last five weeks than Essendon's had. If we look at the teams in form and, and the ladder and ladder positions, I, I think you would have to say that our run has been the toughest. But through that time, I've never once felt like we've been absolutely demolished, apart from a few quarters here and there. So the third quarter on Saturday night, first quarter against Geelong and the last quarter against Collingwood. So you'd have to say out of five weeks, you know, three out of 20 quarters um, and we've been in the rest of them and and won quite a few of them. So overall, I'm as the stretch of games, I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, look, I think, yeah, a few times they've definitely, it, there's just a different vibe about it. Like we don't, look like we're just going to get completely blown away. Mm. I don't even think that a seven goal loss the other day really does the team justice mm. to be honest. Mm. Mm. I, I just like think that they played you know, a seven goal loss. Mm. They didn't look like that. It just, that's how it ended up on the scoreboard. Mm. Mm. And it's, it's interesting because we talk about uh, the players that are missing, but in particular structural, really crucial structural players, in particular, Ridley and Laverde really makes a huge difference to our ability to navigate out of defence well. Ridley's a really good decision maker. He's a really good intercept marker. Laverde's an incredibly good shutdown defender, but is quite skillful and quite a good decision maker as well. So you kind of get hurt both ways with those guys in that you, you lose their intercept and defensive ability, but you also lose their ability to set up play, hit a difficult target that potentially opens up the rest of the field. And that's not even to mention losing Parrish, who uh, is a metres gain player and a clearance player. So, mm. yeah, you, you're right in that, yeah, we did lose by seven goals, but we probably didn't deserve to lose by seven goals. Mm. Yeah, not at all. Mm. So... We might kick off uh, with the likes and dislikes. And I want to give a really big like to Andy McGrath. Oh, you stole mine. That was going to be mine. Well, we can discuss it together. He he had an incredible game. He's had an incredible year. But Charlie Cameron is, if he's not the best small forward in the competition, he's in the top three. And, yeah, he had an easy shot early that he missed. But Andy McGrath gave him an absolute bath in a game where, if we have a look at the inside 50s, there's an incredible discrepancy of inside 50s and an incredible discrepancy in time in forward half with them having several key position forwards that are just centimetres taller than ours. So you'd think that he, of all players, would have an absolute field day. And McGrath just shut him completely out of the game. Yep, I agree. I've, I think I've said on this pod before that I'm, I haven't previously been a huge fan of McGrath. Um, mm. But, yeah, I can appreciate that he had a really great game and he's definitely having a good year. And I wonder if that's just because they tried to play him in a position that wasn't natural for him. Like, I, I wonder if it's that simple. Yeah, it could be. It could be that our game plan was just poo-poo under the truck. Um, and a little bit of clarity around position and, and clarity around game plan um, may have something to do with it. But you're right. It is his natural position. He he got drafted as a small defender who sometimes moved into the midfield. But this, this version of Andy McGrath, this really good defensive one, great rebounding, uh, good decision-making, good uh, disposal, I'm really happy with. And uh, let's have a look at how many kicks, et cetera, he had. But I was really, really happy with his game, um, given the defensive job, plus what he gave us going forward. Yeah, uh, I agree. We finished that. the game with only 18 touches, but nearly 400 metres gained. So yeah, wow. really pleased, really, really pleased. When you add on to the top of that, that uh, Charlie Cameron did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Have you got a like for me? Um, I feel like 
Waller had quite a good game. Mm. I feel like he's slowly starting to get some form back. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see there was um, some pretty good chase down tackles. Mm. Um, he looks like he's got a little bit of pace back. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice to see for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm really liking this building of Waller. I'm quite pleased with his... He only had eight touches, but you just get a little bit of the sense that the Waller of old is not far away from coming back. I mean, he had he had eight touches and a goal, and Charlie Cameron had nine and no goals. So you'd yeah. probably be happier with um, with Waller's output on the game over Charlie's, even though we lost the game. But, yeah, I agree. I think Waller is taking some really good steps forward, and I'm really pleased with how he's tracking. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a dislike, yeah, and that is the score review killing our momentum. Early in that last quarter, uh, the Prince of Portsea, Archie Perkins, has a shot on goal, and it was touched. <laughs> I mean, I'm being a bit facetious. It definitely was touched. But I think if that goal goes in and we end up being two goals instead of three goals down, that gives the, the team enough impetus. It's early enough in the quarter that the momentum goes. But that deflation of not only the the waiting for the decision, but then it being touched, uh, really, I think, sparked, well, snuffed out any chance of a comeback that we had. I would agree with you. I think, yeah, the momentum was about to build and that not being a goal just, yeah, it did. It really killed the momentum. Mm. But um, but Archie, you know, he's he's getting better and better. He is still star. He needs to collect more possessions, I think. If we got the ball in his hands sort of 20 times instead of sort of 12 to 15, I think we're mm-hmm. going to see him have a really massive impact on games. But you can see, I've seen enough from him to know that he's going to be a very, very good player in the not too distant yeah. future. I agree. Like he definitely does move the ball well. He just doesn't get a whole lot of it. So mm. I agree with you on that one for sure. Mm. Mm. And look, Kyle Langford had a similar game. He only had nine touches. Can you believe that? Kyle Langford only had nine touches. It didn't seem like it when we it walked. Definitely walked didn't. Him. No, uh, he looked like he had a lot more of it. Yeah, kicked two goals too, but he was just so efficient and he's such a good setup player for us that yeah. it's a bit like um, Dean Rioli used to be where he only needed a handful of touches to really influence a game. So mm. he is just cruising along nicely with his um, his really good form and long may it continue. It's amazing what I... happens when you can settle guys into a position and let them just play there. Um, yeah, the I really love Kyle Langford. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. He's he's having a really great year, and I hope that continues. Mm. Um, what did I've you got think... another like. Go for I'll it. I'll go. What do I think of what? So, so what did you think of Kane Baldwin's game? Um, I don't. I I can't really comment. I don't remember noticing him all all that much. Mm. Well, he came in uh, as the extra key back, and. I think, I mean, it was his first game as a key defender at AFL level and he's only played a handful of games as a key forward. I saw enough that I think he's worth persisting with, uh, particularly with Laverde out injured. Now that we get Ridley back and he can play in Laverde's role, I'm I'm actually quite excited to see how he goes this weekend uh, because he'll only be up against either Jack Rewalt or they've got another young kid that um that they've got playing key forward because um Lynch is out injured. Mm-hmm. I um yeah I'm interested to see what he gets uh or how he goes playing on the, the second and or third tall. Um mm-hmm. because there's just a little bit of hurly presence about him. Not mm-hmm. not from a um like quality of disposal, etc. point of view, but just a little bit of Hurley presence in terms like of his got physicality. Physical... Yeah, yeah, and his strength. Yeah, he does definitely have a physicality that probably um should I say exceeds his age. Is that like mm. you know, from someone that you would normally see of his age, he definitely does have a bigger physical presence than mm. what 
we typically see. Yeah, and just him getting the uh, uh, forward that's not quite as tall, that's not quite as strong. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him continue and, and see mm-hmm. how how that goes. Mm-hmm. What about um, Ben Hobbs? I thought he had a really great first half. Mm. I thought he had some really good signs in the first half. He did drop away a little bit in the in the second. I felt, oh. but um, I thought his first half was some hit was some really good quality. Yeah, it's interesting. We talk about um, I think him and, and Caldwell are sort of uh, in a similar position in that they're probably third and fourth string in the midfield when it comes to sort of um, Merritt and Parrish, right? And in particular, mm-hmm. Parrish. They're both very similar players to Parrish, obviously not of the quality of Parrish just yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's interesting to to hear Lloyd suggest that we should potentially let Parrish go to shore up somewhere else on the field, key defence, key back, or key, key defence, key forward. Mm-hmm. I think he just needs more time. In, in mm. the midfield, same with Caldwell. I think the more that we see them there, the better they're going to get, the more development they're going to get in that position. And what can you expect from a you know, 15, 20 game player? He's had 22 disposals. Uh, he's been in and under, had some clearances. He, he's tackling, he's, he's putting his body where the ball is. I, you know, he'll clean up his disposal, he'll clean up his decision making, he'll, he'll get quicker and, and better. So, yeah, I, I'm i I'm always happy to see Ben Hobbs playing in the middle. Mm. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I really like this first half particularly. Mm. Mm. But, I, yeah, I think you're right that a lot of a lot of the players dropped off a little bit in the second half when they just looked sapped of energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I did like him. Yeah. Um, Former captain Dyson Heppel running. That was going to be the the next. That was actually the comment I was going to make just earlier. Um, mm. I thought he had a reasonable game. Yeah, I think he's been good. I think he's yeah, been good think, since since he played sub. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think he's. Um, yeah, I was happy with his game. He was yeah. going to be my next comment for yeah. sure. I, and we've spoken a bit on the pod about this, but I think he's he's getting into the right positions. Uh, He's he's back to his courageous back with the flight of the ball self, which comes with a little bit of confidence in your body and a little bit of confidence in in your ability again. So I'm, you know, I'm really pleased that he has turned his season around. Same, and I'm not sure about his disposal efficiency stats, but he does look like he's more accurate with the ball. Like I feel like there's less turnovers mm. than what we were previously seeing, but I mm. could be wrong on that. Well, I. I remember earlier in the year thinking that he's getting the ball and he's getting to the right spots. He literally just needs to clean up his disposal and he'll be fine. Uh, and mm. that was, and he's done that. Yeah. However, he's done that, you know, whether it, he's taking more time with his possessions, whether he's getting, he's reading the ball better, getting into better positions, who knows? But mm-hmm. he, he's definitely, all he did was, for mine, clean up his disposal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I do think he's finding some fault for sure. Mm. Mm. I know Matthew, you know, he's not a big fan of Hep, thinks he's done, but I think, yeah, I do think he's having quite a good season mm. after that, like after he was dropped or was he, he was rested, but after that game he was subbed out. I do think he's hitting some form again, mm. definitely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I've, I've really liked, really liked how he's been going about it. Mm. Um. What did you think of the midfield group as a whole? I didn't feel like they were as clean as what they have been in previous weeks. Hmm. I think Stringer, I know he's sort of forward, but sort of mid was fairly quiet. I don't feel like they got many clearances. Hmm. I Yeah, I don't think that they were as good as what they have been hmm. in past weeks. Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, we actually won clearances 32 to 33, but uh, we didn't, our transition the last couple of weeks has been poor. We've mm. really struggled to 
take the ball from back 50 to forward 50. And luckily we've been relatively efficient when we've got it in there and we've been relatively good at stopping the opposition from scoring. But I, I feel like our transition and our spread has been poor. And whether that's because we're getting smashed and we can't get the ball out, so everyone drops deep and then that hurts your transition because there's no one to kick to. Um, and maybe that's a personnel thing. Maybe we do need a Nick Cox back or a second key forward to to take a sort of relieving mark on the wing um, and let everyone, give everyone some time to come forward. Or whether it's um, a poor decision-making effort type um, issue, I'm not sure. But it, the transition has been poor. And mm-hmm. because in the last two weeks, the opposition have been incredibly inaccurate in front of goal, we haven't had that opportunity to take it away from a centre bounce and and get get it into our forward line quickly. But that's something mm-hmm. that we need to address, I think, is that transition. We need to be able to take the ball from our defence to our forward line and then keep it in our forward line if we're going to continue to progress as a football club and continue to progress as a playing group. Mm. I agree with you. Mm. I agree with you. Yeah. And I wonder, do you think, you know, I guess this week Parrish was miss- missing, a couple of weeks ago Merritt was missing, um, did Shield? He wasn't suspended. He got a fine. Mm. So I think there's been a little bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inconsistency. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, a bit of inconsistency in who's been in the midfield as well. Mm. Mm. And I yeah. don't know that that probably helps. Yeah, and it's been a bit odd, right? Because when we started the year, obviously Stringer wasn't playing and Setterfield seemed to get more time in the middle and he's mm. only just um, jumped back into that. So, and and really with Parrish being out. So I think we're still working out the right balance. Mm. Yeah. And also I guess probably the fact that we're a bit depleted in the forward line as well or in the back line. Mm. those mids are probably having to play extra roles that they possibly weren't having to previously, which is also then contributing to the inconsistency. Yeah, and and again, on that with the transition, you know, without Peter Wright to take a saving mark on the wing and let everyone spread forward and then have Wiedemann down the other end, you know, there's just little things like that that structurally we we need to deal with at the moment that... uh, aren't quite, those things aren't quite going in our favour. Mm. Yeah. Here he is, the man himself, the Collingwood sim- sympathiser. Matty, you do Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Come stay. Uh, we're not bad. We're not bad. We are just discussing, we had a good chat, obviously, about the game. Um, we're just discussing our issues in transition. We're talking about how our game plan was actually quite sound in that we were able, particularly in the first half, to stop them from scoring, well, stop them from scoring in general, but really, um, you know, big runs of goals. But we didn't get any value out of, because our transition was so poor. We just didn't didn't get that relieving mark. We weren't exiting the 50 really well. We weren't creating the scoring shots at the other end. Mm, well, I think it's, you know, before we dive into that, uh, we actually told the viewers where I've been. Where you've been? Well, I don't, I don't. I mean, obviously, we're not, we're not on the video. We don't. Uh, you know, they're not viewers, with, right? They're listeners, right? All listeners. Sorry, well, that's fair call. But uh, I have just cooked the biggest bit of chicken. Uh, it was the last thing left in the fridge. Uh, and by the time I cooked it, it was only two pieces of breast meat. Unbelievable! So I've cooked this great big bird. Half the, the a dead bit of animal, and it's been an absolute disaster. But uh, anyway, uh, to be on honest, to tri- we actually didn't rate a mention at all at the start of the thing. We just went on business as usual, as if you weren't there. Well, fair call, <laughs> but uh, I just thought with the here he is, maybe there'd been a bit of build up, perhaps one for next week or you know that, next that time. That looked like the occurs, biggest piece of chicken I've ever seen. It was huge. It was eleven dollars from Coles, and I thought that's a bargain. This thing's a it's a kilo. I thought, how the hell is it eleven dollars for a kilo? And it and I already had the marinade on it. I thought, hang on a second. But uh, if what it is too good to it? be, 
I think it was like Asian barbecue or something. But um, if if it is too good to be true, it normally is because uh, there was definitely not a kilo worth of meat. I think a fair bit of skin on that. So to the viewers, marinate yourself just by the breast and uh, marinate yourself. Uh, that is my advice to everyone out there. Let's start uh, a segment, listening. cooking tips with, with Maddie V. Mm. Could get uh, could be some a bit of a highlight there, but what we'll dive into is the uh, and as I was saying, maybe uh, one for next time we have a guest come in the middle of the show. We should build it up a little bit, give the viewers something to look forward to. Um, but transition or, look or uh, a reason uh, or a reason to switch off halfway through. Perhaps you know, either way. Uh, that, well, you win some, you lose some. But uh, I guess, um, well, my interpretation of the game and that, that side of the thing was that we tended to put a number back. Mm. Uh, and when you do that, uh, when you do anything in football or in life, because we know uh, that every action has an equal and opposite reaction, uh, when, uh, you know, you take something, you give something up. So... Uh, we obviously took an extra man back, uh, but perhaps we gave up um, some forward or offensive ability. And uh, look, it hurt us when we tried to go forward. Um, what I like yes. about it is, okay, it didn't win us this game, but what I like about it is there's potential for, you know, 10 games, 20 games, 50 games from now. A team kicks two or three goals and we have this ability to go, okay, let's switch to, I mean, it's not going to work like this, but let's switch to what we did against Brisbane two years ago when we dropped a man back. And and these sorts of plays become automatic and someone on the field takes that leadership and says, yep, let's push Phillips back into, into defence. Let's do that for 10 minutes. Let's stop this run on and then let's switch back into our other mode of putting the extra Ruckman in the forward line or, you know, let's do this because our transition is struggling. So it, it's really about learning and growing. And yeah, we did it for an entire half and we did it relatively well. And in fact, we did it for most of the game and, and to less success later in the game. But it's just almost like we're getting a little, another string to the bow of, of what this group can do and how they can learn to play. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um I think, uh, yeah, it's probably one you use um, willy nilly, one up the sleeve. I don't, I don't think it works in our game AFL to what, what's an equivalent of parking the bus. Uh, mm. If because if you just keep taking, uh, you know, you just keep taking inside fifties and and giving the opposition so much time in the front half, uh, you will you will lose the game. So I don't, I don't think it's one for us to say this is a permanent thing, but. I, I think that's a fair point that it's something we can revert to at certain points in the game when uh, other teams get a run on, so long as we, we were able to come out of it. Mm. Well, I think it's a backup plan. Like, I don't think it's an always plan, but it's good to be able to be building that kind of backup plan if it's necessary. Mm. Mm. Um, yes, yes. Watching watching the game on the weekend, um, I'm getting a little bit itchy around friend of the show, Nicholas the Pencil Cox, um, and I just realised how valuable he would have been both in this game, in the game last week against Port Adelaide and, and several others. Just having that really tall wingman that you can get that dump kick to and have a 200-centimetre player be able to just take a grab at half-back or, or on the wing and then allow that the rest of mm. the team to sort of push up and, and set up around him. I have it on very, 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 very good authority that uh, he will no longer be a wingman and yeah. said has been moved to half back. Yeah, I also like that. I like that decision because uh, he is so athletic and I think would have given, has the potential to give players like Hipwood, maybe even Danaher, a real big run for their money with his athleticism, his intercept marking, and his ability with his speed to set up play going forward, right? He takes a mark at centre-half back, and he can take off, uh, get around a couple of players, almost turn into that half-back flanker that we, we get out of Hind and McGrath. Uh, yeah. That's fair call, yeah. Uh, I think he... I mean, they call him the unicorn for a reason. Mm. 
um, because he can do a bit of both. So, um, yeah. What's his injury? Stress factor in his back. All right. Too many weights. He was eating too many weights, doing too much tin. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I I wonder if the the wing experiment from Ben Rutten will look back in sort of five to seven years and we'll go, well, thank gosh he had that year or so on the wing. Hmm. Well, they that's what happened to Ridley. Ridley played wing in the VFL for a year before he came into the senior team. And it's really made a difference for him, I think. So I'm not I'm not too fast on on I like what I say when I don't I'm not too fast. I actually think it will be a really good thing for him going forward. Ridley on the wing. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, okay. Yes. Don't mind it. I suppose you do you do see the game differently out there on the wing. Mm. Mm. And look, we've outside. got two really, we've got two really good wingers in Durham and Nick Martin. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. I'd much rather see Cox come into the team and play key back and have another really big athletic backman, um, ready to help out the team. Yeah, no, I, I, I can almost guarantee you that he will be at half back, uh, or at least in the back six, mm. uh, when he returns. Mm. That man will not be playing wing. Mm. So I feel like we've covered most of the game. Was there anything really pressing that you wanted to discuss? We had a chat about Dyson Hipple and how he's had a much better few games. We really liked Andrew McGrath's game. Um, Fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah. Had a bit of a chat about <laughs> our young midfielders in Hobson Caldwell um, and just talked about the game plan in general. Anything that you want to Durham had a reasonable game. As yeah, well. Durham did have a good game. He, I mean, he's very consistent. You, you get effort mm. from him, and that's all you can ask for. Uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Mm. Um, quick one for me. Um, he's still a little bit off, isn't he? Yeah, he's building. It's he's interesting because we we were um we discussed him earlier and said that we feel like he's starting to find a little bit of form. Mm. He's not, not his yet. best by any. He's not his best by any means, but you can start to see the signs. There was a couple of good chases, a couple of you know, bit of promise. Hmm. Very cool. Um, yeah, I'll I'll pay that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think yeah, if everyone's fit, I'm not sure he's playing. Hmm. Unfortunately, well, but. He'll come good. I think we're struggling a little bit with the small in a lot of areas, but the small forwards at the moment. We've got uh, Junior Davy, um, who looks to me like he needs a bit of a rest or some time in the twos. I think he's going to be a very good player for a very long time for us. Jai Menzi had a better game with limited opportunity, um, and Waller is a little bit underdone. But you, when you've got Guelphie on the sidelines, I'm not sure why Snelling's not in the team. Um, I'd I'd say that Snelling would be giving us more value than either of Tipper and Owen Davy Jr. right now. So I'm not sure why he's been kept out of the team. But um, maybe he had a niggle. Who knows? But yeah, they're, we're really missing Guelphie, I think, to get the pressure on for small forwards. Mm. He's a yeah. hamstring, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and according to this, should be... Not this week, but next week. Okay. I look forward to having him back. We're really mm. missing Guelphie. Mm. Yeah, agree. Agree. Um, it, you go. I was just going to say, it's, uh, yeah, the um, Snelling one, very, very much um, a weird one for me. Mm. Very, very... Yeah, I, I didn't understand that one either, but um, hey, such such is life, I suppose. Mm. Sure, the Brad is up to something. Mm. As as Ben Cousins has tattooed across his stomach, the words of Ned Kelly, yeah. such is life. Speaking of uh, B-Rad Scott, have you seen the launch of AFL 23 and the catastrophic failure that it is? No, I have not. I didn't oh, even know it launched. Big, uh, big uh, Herbertron uploaded a video. Oh. And it's got uh, Brad Scott delivering a quarter time or three quarter time address. Yep. And it looks nothing like Brad Scott. In fact, <laughs> he's bald. Yep. Uh, it has Adam Simpson 
as a uh, as a, a goal umpire. Yeah. And uh, someone, I can't remember if it's a Geelong player or something, is just the, the interchange bench is on the middle of the field. Excellent. So they've Excellent. they've cooked it. Someone at the Big Ant or whatever it's called has absolutely cooked it. Mm. And I'm sure controls, uh, are, controls are terrible apparently. Um, but this is not an AFL 23 podcast. This I is want to, want to connect with the people. This is a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. Why don't we take a little bit of a break? And when we come back, we can jump into Weep little lion man, you're not as brave as you were at the start. Rate yourself and wreck yourself. Take all of the courage you have left. Wasted on fixing all the problems that you made in your own head. But it was not your fault but mine. And it was your heart on the line. A MCG Dream Time at the G. What has been for us for a number of years actually nightmare at the G. I completely stole what I was going to say. I was much more confident uh, about two weeks ago that this was going to be quite an easy win for us. But uh, Richmond doing the Richmondy thing and coming out and beating the premiers of last year in a vintage dusty performance, I am much less confident than I was. Mm. I, I've got a I've got an okay feeling about this game. I think you know we've not been blown away by our most recent opposition. I'm having mm. some faith. I feel like. We've got to come back eventually. Look, I don't think this team and the performances that we've been having can continue to go unrewarded, right? I just don't, just not how it works. Does that mean that we win against Richmond on the weekend? I don't know, but it's going to turn sooner or later. Oh, 7.40, not 7.25, because it has to, you know? We've been playing some really good opposition and we've been playing some decent football. And finally we come up against a team that is potentially more injured than we are missing more of their best 22 than we are. I'm not sure, but at some point we have to get reward for effort and, and why not start on Saturday night at the G? What do you think, Matthew? Oh, look, there's cliches in a lot of cliches in football. Uh, you know, and the one of them goes with, you know, oh, we really need this one. You, you need all of them. Mm. Or, you know, you'd, you'd really like a win. Yeah, you'd, you'd like a win on any week. So, um, y- y- well, yeah, we, we'd obviously like to win it. Doesn't, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a cliche. There's me quoting cliches. But look, yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting, like, don't know what to make of a side like Richmond because I feel they're um, perhaps returning to their roots, which aren't too dissimilar of what Essendon has been over the past, say, ooh, nearly 20 years of, uh, you know, something to get excited about, beat a good team, and then uh, the following week become something very disappointing. So I d- mm. don't know what we're going to get from them. I expect the worst, hoping for the best. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure we'd love to get off the after four in a row. Um, and that's such a hot start, and now you're you're four in a row. You just sort of kick yourself and go, "Where where the hell? What the hell happened?" Um, mm, mm. Look, I I was happy to cop sort of these losses to this point. If we'd stolen one more, if we'd stolen the Port game or or one on Anzac Day, then I wouldn't be too fussed about this game coming up. Uh, admittedly, I hate Richmond and, and would dearly love to beat them for the first time in sort of 13 meetings. But we are approaching the territory now where we've run out of good credit from the start of the season, if if that makes sense. We're, we're at the point now, whereas if we want to make the eight, we have to start winning games again. Yeah, and I think if we actually want to, uh, you know... 
I want to say be respectable, but um, we're, we're, we're very close to this season going very similarly to uh, a lot of others mm. in which we fade into feels, mediocrity. Mm. It feels different, though. It does. It, it does, does feel different. Like, we're, we're losing some games, but it feels different to other years where we've not even been competitive or shown up. So, mm. yes, we're losing games, but I still think I don't know that you're gonna. You can say that it's like other years because I don't really think that anybody expected at the start of the season that Essendon would make finals anyway. Mm. There, there's two. There's two things that make the difference, right? Number one is the consistency of effort and the consistency of game plan and the clarity around game plan and not getting blown away. And number two is the mitigating factor of our disastrous injury list at the moment. So they're the two things that leave me more positive about our football club than at the same point last year. Mm. Uh, that's fair. I, I'm just, All I'm saying is uh, if you take out uh, – well, this isn't what I exactly said, but in 2021, a, a lot of the rhetoric we're running with now is very similar to what we were saying in 2021. Mm. So – for me to sit here and say, oh, well, it's okay, you know, it's a development year and uh, we've got to be patient and this and that. Or, you know, we've had honourable losses and, you know, we're losing in a better way. It's still the same thing we were saying in 2021. Mm. And only 12, 12 months later were we the most uh, one of the most mediocre clubs uh, in the land, if not the most. So um, I do, whilst I do believe there has been progress made, uh I'm still not sceptical, but aware of where we're at. Uh, and obviously, as a fan, would very much like to see us get out of there uh, and quickly. So before I can um, you know, ascertain that well, we are not a mediocre club anymore, um, avoiding situations to which we've been in the last few years, uh, we'd, well, we'd have to collect evidence to suggest that we are not in that exact position. And the way we're heading this season with the quote-unquote honourable losses would indicate to me that perhaps we are still stuck there, but we shall see. Yeah, and and that's what I mean when I say I've been patient to this point, but this is the point of the season where we we run out of patience because we we need to get reward for effort now. The the draw opens up significantly for us, and Richmond are not the team that they were two or three years ago. That should be feared. Yes, they've had a good win against Geelong, but I look at their lineup and I see a lot of areas where we can exploit them. Um, they Lynch isn't playing, which means that Zerk Thatcher goes to Jack Rewalt. And in my opinion, I think Zerk in his current form probably gives Rewalt a bath. Um, they're playing Trent Cotchen in the forward line on a half forward flank. And I think he's, whoever his opponent is, whether that is McGrath, whether that is Redmond, whether that is Hind, whoever is playing on Trent Cotchen will not have any defensive pressure on them at all and has the potential to have a field day. Um, Then midfield is nowhere near as imposing as it used to be. Martin is very inconsistent at the moment. He had a really good game on Saturday night, but hasn't had a good year. there's, There's lots of areas where I think we match up quite well against them with our current 22. And I think this is a game that really we should be winning and that we can win. Yep. No, fair call. Fair call. I'll, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. Uh, so it sounds like we very much uh, see eye to eye. But, uh, oh, look, they're, they're, they're vulnerable. Oh, me. Jeez. The chicken has absolutely cuckered me. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what that word is. But, um, Richmond, they won three flags in four years mm. with what I believe was not the best list at the cop comp on a on a talent. If you could somehow measure talent, well, twenty twenty seventeen was it objectively. The I, I, uh, I certainly think they were the most talented. Adelaide was the best team that year, and and Richmond won it. Um, and then twenty nineteen twenty twenty was the two that they won, right? Yeah, and what, what my my point being, um, 
it's not the necessarily the players on the field. Mm. It's the system they play that makes them so dangerous. Mm. It's how they play um, and how they play together. So I've seen um, more, what I'm saying is I've seen more from our system watching our games than the Richmond games that I've watched. I think our system is stronger than theirs at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, um, when there's on there, they're, as they show, they're as good as anyone. So mm-hmm. um, that that was more my point was. Could get anything here, and and they're they're, they're to be feared. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy game, and it's definitely not going to be as easy as it would have been a couple of weeks ago. But I think, uh, uh, I think it's winnable. And my my Richmond mates have already thrown in the towel. They they're up and about this week because they have Uh-oh. a big win. But the in previous malls. weeks, they're like, oh no, nah, no, nah, season's over. Gil cancelled the season. We're done. We're finished. So they have absolutely thrown in the towel, and I think they would genuinely be worried that an undermanned Essendon could take them to the cleaners. Wouldn't the that be Moz. just lovely? Mm. The reverse Moz. I've seen this before, mm. and I actually tried to use it on Anzac Day uh, against Collingwood. I wasn't on Collingwood's side, much to your surprise <laughs> there. Is that right, Collingwood sympathiser? Re- I tried to use the reverse Moz. And it did not work. But, uh, look, hopefully it won't work for the Richmond fans. But uh, that is the reverse Moz, if ever I've seen it. So, let's talk changes. Obviously, Ridley comes in. There's no question. Yep. Kelly if he's right to go. Uh, if he's right to go, I think Kelly comes in too. What do you What do you think, Maddie? Yep. They, they're, both, uh, they're both magnets you pick. So long as... Um, yeah, they are actually right. I'm a big, 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 big fan of, uh, yeah, taking the extra week or two with concussion, as I'm sure you would be, as a central nervous system and brain, although you could consider the brain as part of the central nervous system uh, specialist. So who goes out? Do we keep Kane Baldwin in the team? Uh, oh, he, he actually was quite impressive, wasn't he? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like him playing Laverde's role until Laverde's back. Um, so for me, I think probably Mus, as much as we love him, probably gets dropped. Uh, we we swap a small for a tall. Um, wasn't he already dropped? Isn't he already out of the team or didn't he play? No, he got subbed. He was playing, but he got subbed out for. Oh, um, oh that's right. He did too. For Junior. Um, so we bring in Ridley, we bring in Jake Kelly. Does that mean Hind goes out for Jake Kelly? I'm not sure. Um, I would I would drop Junior before I dropped that is very con- That is very controversial, given it is right. dream time at the G. You can't, you can't put him in just because he's an Indigenous if he's not the best player. Uh, you absolutely can. Um, no. I, I think it'd be very harsh to drop him or Waller for Dreamtime at the G. Considering last year we didn't have any Aboriginal players playing in Dreamtime at all. Didn't we? No. Where were they all? Uh, Waller had, was injured or had retired and we didn't have any others able to come back come in. We're um, going to gift him a game. I don't think it's gifting. I think oh, I think he's at the stage of his career where he is he either continues to develop, to develop in the AFL or the VFL, and you choose which one. If you're happy for him to continue to develop in the AFL, great. Um, I, you know, I I personally think he probably needs a bit of a rest and maybe just a game or two in the twos to get his hands on the footy a little bit more. But I'm happy to have him in the team. Uh, I really like him. I think he's going to be a very good player for a very long time. I'm a big fan of having him in the team, um, given the cultural uh, influence on the game. Um, I think, uh, um, you know, uh, if if there was an Italian round, it, it doesn't matter what, not there would be, but uh, it doesn't matter what, uh, what was happening? Uh, I would want to be playing 
that round and there would be something special about it and, and he'd pipe up and, uh, you know. And Massimo should be you'd, playing in that round. Exactly right. You'd, you'd just be fired up. So uh, uh, I'm totally with you there, Nick. I, I think um, given the... Uh, look, look, if they were way off the game, I was, okay, different. But mm. um, no, I think the, the, the sort of occasion, um, it's not like there's anyone absolutely knocking down the door but either of their two spots, I don't think. And there's no, maybe there's no one Will Snelling. Back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Snelling. I, I, I'm with you. Maybe Snelling, um, but perhaps he's a little bit different position. I, I, I played him. I'm playing him. Yeah, I, 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 I think. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, given those all those other factors, no. Yeah, you, you look if if they were keeping out a you know an all Australian, well, okay, it's a different story. But mm. um, they're not. Um, obviously, yeah, the game so, has very, very big meaning, mm. and uh, you know, love to see him out there, yeah. And I think if you're going to gift him a game, it's this one, right? And, and not that he's been gifted games, but I think, yeah, I I think you can drop one of Menzi or Elwyn Davy Jr. I'd probably be more inclined to drop Menzi for this game, uh, for Snelling, um, and then rotate them, rest them as they need. Because the draw opens up after this. We've got Richmond, which is, uh, let's say, a 50-50 winnable game. Then we should absolutely be beating the Eagles in Perth. We should absolutely be beating North in uh, in Melbourne. Then we've got Carlton, who are in all sorts at the moment, and we should have enough troops back by then. I mean, we should have Guelphie, Parrish, uh, Nick Cox will be, should be back. Sada should be back. So coming to Carlton with a much stronger list. Uh, then we've got Fremantle in Perth, which is tough. Port Adelaide here, uh, Adelaide here, Geelong, and then the, that's the last of our really tough games before Collingwood in the last round. So, yeah, a win here is is very very useful for our season. Who did you say would be back? Asada, Sardis. Just... Oh, Elijah. Elijah, right. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah, it'd be great to see him out there. But, uh, nah, yeah, as the cliche goes, we could really use a win this week. Mm. Mm. You're such a PE mm. teacher, Matthew. You so, roll out the cliches. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the, how, the, how stupid are some of these cliches we use in football? Oh, he's running on top of the grass. <laughs> Everyone runs on top of the grass, Exactly. Exactly. If, uh, I don't know. Anyway, anyway um, I, I could go on. I could I go think, on. I think you both need to get into bed and have a snooze. Uh, <laughs> so Am I, I think talking we, Swahili or something. I, I think we. Uh, I think we call it there. Um, but yeah, look, I. I think this game is still winnable. I think our system. It'd be. I think the the team, the players, deserve reward for effort. If whether that comes this week or comes in future weeks, who knows? But um I'm hopeful. I think I think we match up well with current Richmond. Uh and I think I think we're due. So hopefully hopefully we get a good win. I've got a good vibe. Are you, are you inferring am I am I not making sense? Is that what's going on? Am I talking in a in a fourth dimension or something? You are I think he means that we're bickering about stupid stuff. The people love to hear that sort of stuff. They want to hear the, the nooks and crannies, not the big football ideas. That's right. That's right. They want to hear our personalities. They want to hear the family banter. They want to feel like they're sitting around the dinner table with the Don Father family. Well, Would you agree, yeah. Matthew? We can. you killed the vibe. This this is a train wreck, Maddie. Where can people find us? You know when you say it's a train wreck, wreck, you you make it that way. Honestly, fire up, Bill. <laughs> uh, you can find us on the uh, on the podcast extraordinaire platform, Spotify, uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, all that sort of stuff. The platform you're listening to right now is the one you should continue to listen to uh, because we will continue to exist on the very platform that you are currently listening on. How is that for a tongue twister? And if you're like, you're on the socials, you want to keep up, 
get on the Instagram at the Don Father Pod. We also have a Facebook page at the Don Father Podcast. Uh, I, I, I like Danielle's work on the Instagram the most. I think she does a fantastic job there. That's where I'd be following along. But if you're not on Instagram, hop on the Facebook. Uh, preferably, you get on both. Uh, and then you can also flick us an email uh, with the email address being in the bio of our Instagram page. And how's that for a pump? You told I me I'm like tired. I'm, on the Sunday I'm ready show. to go. I I wish I was on. That's my favorite show. Uh, I think it is my favorite show on television. Excellent. We Excellent. should we should have a what caught my eye segment here, but um, yeah. Anyway, I reckon we anyways. need a meeting. Need to mix it up. Bring a bit of personality. Done. Done. You can you can arrange that, and we'll chat soon. But until Oops, next time, my friends. We? Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me, Laura. Anytime. Thanks for joining me, Post Chicken Collingwood sympathizer Matthew Reverse Mozza. I've actually, I'm, I'm, I am about to, I'm about to completely retire. If I hear one more Collingwood <laughs> sympathizer, just because I have respect <laughs> for the way that Craig McRae is running the club and the the stuff he's achieving there. Well, you can you can sue me, you can sack me, you can do whatever you want. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm just about at it. He's about to throw in the towel. This may or may not be his last pod. Tune in next week to find out. And until next time. Go Don. Go Don.